hey, Chris, could you do me a favor, brother? Um, I need a Lord's Supper cup, and I forgot to grab one for this service. Well, you, oh, you, you can toss it. That's fine. Uh, if you want to toss me yours, and then you can come back, uh, you go grab one for you. I appreciate it, brother. Um, guys, by the way, we're going to be uh, participating in the Lord's Supper at the end of the service. So I just want to make sure if you didn't get one, we'll have some deacons walk around um, when we get to that portion. But I got up here and realized I didn't have one. So that's what happens when you have two services, and I, I filled in for Sunday school in between, and my brain's a little all over the place, but it's going to be good. Um, we are in the Gospel of John, chapter 6. And uh, we're going to read a lot of scripture because I want to I want to provide some context for this question that Jesus asked. So I'm, I'm going to start in verse 22. We'll read to 35, then we'll skip uh, to verse 47. So hang on here. Uh, John chapter six, starting in verse 22, says it says the next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the sea saw there had been only one boat. They also saw that Jesus had not boarded the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone off alone. Some boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and they went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, uh, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal of approval on him. Well, what can we do to perform the works of God, they asked. And Jesus replied, this is the work of God that you believe in the one that he has sent. Well, what sign then are you going to do that we may see and believe you, they asked. What are you going to perform? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, just as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said, sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry, and no one who believes in me will ever be thirsty again. And uh, we're going to skip over to verse 47. He says, Truly I tell you, anyone who believes in me has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that everyone may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The bread that... Um, the bread that I will give for the life of the world, he says, is my flesh. At that, the Jews argued among themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life in yourselves. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day because my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. The one who eats of my flesh and drinks of my blood remains in me, and I in him, just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It's not like the manna your ancestors ate, and they died. The one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Therefore, with, uh, when many of his disciples heard this, they said, this teaching is hard. Who can accept it? Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were complaining about this, asked them, does this offend you? Does this offend you? And that's our question this morning, guys, right there in verse uh, 61 of John chapter 6. The question is, does this offend you? Um, we kind of need to know what this is. 
uh, to know if we're offended or not. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. So there's really three things I, I think we need to point out as we study uh, this passage in particular. And it's a lot of scripture to cover. But here's the three things I, I want you to understand. And the first is just about human nature, y'all. Human nature. Guys, we want the blessing of God without belief, right? We want blessing without belief. That's the first thing we need to know, just kind of off, off the top, right? Uh, we want blessing without belief because, let's face it, belief is hard. Belief, belief demands something of us. Belief costs something, right? So I, I want to set all this up, but first, let's, let, let's look uh, again at the offensive statement. This is what Jesus says that offends everybody. He says, uh, starting in verse 53, Truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you do not have life in yourself. So the, Jesus says clearly, hey, you don't have life in yourself. Right? That's what He says. Unless you eat the flesh and drink the blood, you don't have life in yourself. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day because my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. So what is Jesus talking about? What's he talking about when he said you've got to eat my flesh and drink my blood? What? Right? What's he talking about? Well, what he's talking about, guys, is what happened yesterday on the other side of the lake and why the people have shown up today. That's what he's talking about. In, in essence, that's what he's saying. So what happened yesterday? On the other side of the lake, remember Jesus was teaching, huge crowds, Jesus gathers the disciples like, hey, we need to feed them. And uh, they, they're like, uh, well, we don't have enough money. He's like, no, you've got to give them something to eat. And so uh, they, they go and they find a boy that has five loaves and two fish, gives up his sack lunch, and Jesus takes five loaves, two fish, feeds over 5,000. 5,000 was the number of men there, also women and children there. So he feeds everybody with five loaves and two fish. Everyone eats, has their fill. They picked up 12 loaves large baskets of leftovers, then Jesus says to the disciples, now I want you to head to the other side of the lake. So they get in a boat, they head to the other side of the lake, Jesus goes off to pray, and then when night comes, uh, he walks across the lake on water. Y'all, it's not a small lake, right? Walks across on water to the other side. Now the people that got fed wake up, they realize Jesus isn't there, and the only boat that was there hasn't moved. So you're like, whoa, uh, what's up? And so they, 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 new boats arrive, they hop in the boats, they, they go and they seek him out. Uh, and listen, what do they want? What do they want? Why are they seeking him? They want more. They just want more. They want, they, they want more blessing. They want more bread, right? And, uh, and so we see this in verse 30, verse 30 and 31. Uh, it says, this is what sign then are you going to do so that we may see and believe in you, they ask. What, what are you going to perform? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness just as it's written. He gave them bread from heaven. So listen, they're saying, listen, we want, we, 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 we're hungry. We want more. And we want more of that blessing. Uh, right? We want more of, of that blessing. And Jesus says, okay, well, uh, my father gives true manna from heaven. So they go. Uh, they say in verse 34, well, then, sir, give us this bread always. And Jesus replies, well, that's me. That's me. I have come down from heaven. So he says in verse 38, and listen, no one who comes to me will ever be hungry again. No one who comes to me will ever be thirsty again. Now, this is the, the, the implication, right? No one will ever be hungry again. No one will ever be thirsty again. And I want you to see their response, verse 41. Therefore the Jews started grumbling about him because he said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. So, uh, rehash. They want more. They want more bread. They want more blessing. Jesus says, hey, my Father gives true blessing. Ah, it's the one that comes down from heaven. 
And uh, they're like, well, then give us that. Give us that bread. And Jesus is like, that bread is me. And, uh, and you're going to have to believe in me. You're going to have to follow me. What are you going to have to believe? Well, you're going to have to believe. Like, you know, we'll get to that in a second. But you're going to have to follow me. And, and what was their response? No thanks. That's their response, y'all. And listen, you may listen to that and you may think, man, what, what selfish, snobby people. And that's awesome. When you point one finger at them, three are pointing back at you. Because we are those people. That's the point of the passage. We're like those people. Man, we all want the blessing of God. We all, we all want heaven. We, we want good things. God, I want protection. God, I want, and, and, and yet, we don't want to do the work that is required, which is to believe in His one and only Son and to, listen, allow what His Son says to reign over us. We don't want that. That's work. Man, that means that I've got to take all my selfish motives, all the things that I want, and I've got to die to that. So I, man, I don't want that. I don't want the cost of that. Listen, we all want the blessing of God, but we don't want the cost. We don't want to believe. And so that's kind of where we start. That's, that's human nature, okay? Pastor's not pointing any fingers at you. That's, that's pointing fingers at humanity. That's all of us. We're all in that boat, okay? So that's kind of where we start. Second thing I want you to see, though, is that we can't have that. We can't have the blessing of God. We can't have God, we can't have His life without belief. That's the second thing that the text teaches us. You, you, you don't get that stuff without belief, man. There's only one way to get the blessing of God. This, this passage is all about belief, starting in verse 27. Uh, it says, don't work for the food that perishes, Jesus speaking, but for the food that lasts for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set His seal of approval on it. So uh, eternal life is what's at stake, okay? That's what we're talking about. It's all about eternal life. So, so, so the life of God, that's what it's about, right? We, 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 they want blessing, they want this life of God. Oh yeah, yeah man, that life of God, that sounds great. I want that, I want that. And Jesus is like, cool, okay? And, and, and so, so this is how they, they respond. When Jesus says, listen, I've got something to give you, uh, they immediately ask this in verse 28. Oh, okay, what do we do to get it? Like, what can we do to perform the works of God? Notice that, man, that is a fleshly response. Uh, saying, hey, hey, listen, there's eternal life available. Cool, what do I have to do to perform uh, in, in order to make that happen for me? Like, what do I have to do to, to get that, right? And Jesus replies, here's, here's what you have to do, ready? Here's the work of God. It's the only work you can do, ready? Belief. Believe, verse 29, Jesus replied, this is the work of God that you believe in the one that has sent him. In other words, there is nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do other than believe. Other than believe. And that's what the whole passage is about. When Jesus goes on to say, hey, listen, you've got to eat of my flesh, you've got to drink of my blood, when He sings, you internally, man, you've got to choke down this truth that I am the only way. That's what He's talking about in verse 35, right? When he says, I am the bread of life. So when, when Jesus says, you've got to eat my flesh and you've got to drink my blood, He's not talking physically. He's saying, you've got to swallow this truth that I'm the only way you can be saved, me. He says the same thing in John chapter 14, in case you're wondering, right? He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me, right? Except by me. And then after all that, he asks this question, does that offend you? Does that offend you? And here's the answer on a human level, yeah. A lot of people, it offends, right? And why does it offend? Because we, we, all, we all want the blessing of God. I, I haven't met anybody in my life that said they, they wouldn't, you know, if there's a heaven that they wouldn't want to be there. I mean, there's some people that question whether or not it's a reality, but most people in general are like, yeah, I believe in heaven, yeah. Like, also, yeah, I want to go to heaven, and, um, you know, you kind of get down to it. And, and here's how most people think they're going to get there, by being good. 
Well, I'm, I'm going to be good enough. I just, my good's going to outweigh my bad, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty good person. I'm sure God will let me in. I hope God will let me in. I have conversations like that. And so, like, I don't want to burst those people's bubbles, but I'm like, okay, well, shouldn't there be, there's got to be some measure then, right? Surely there's a test. You guys went to school. There's always a test. End of course, right? Something. So there's probably a test, don't you think? And they're like, yeah, maybe there's probably a test. I was like, so there should probably be like a standard or something. Could we agree on a standard? Have you ever heard of the Ten Commandments? Like, yeah, I, I've heard of the. So what if we cut that down to five? What if you just took the last five of those commandments? Could that be like a good test of whether or not we're good? Sure, let's go by that. Okay, it says like, hey, you're not supposed to murder. Have you ever killed anybody? They're like, nope, see, I'm good. I'm a pretty good person. I'm like, wow, that's a high bar, man. You haven't shot anybody. Good for you. Right? But then Jesus comes and he's like, hey, I'm going to tell you the truth. If you've ever hated someone in your heart, you've already committed murder. You go, oh, whoa, right? He says, hey, you're not supposed to lie. I'm not even going to ask. Um, the moment you said, you'd be doing it, right? He goes on and says, hey, um, you're not supposed to steal uh, anything. You go, that's cool. I've never stolen anything. You try to go back in your mind when you were a kid and you're at the store like, nope, that was my friends. That wasn't me. And, uh, and then yet, uh, all the time, you do something in life and you go, man, I did such a great job. And yet, every ounce of talent that you have and every breath in your lungs is a gift from God above. And so you have taken credit for something you didn't actually do. That's called stealing, right? Okay, so we've stolen. Uh, I'm not supposed to commit adultery. And you guys are like, no, that's cool. I've never done that. Not on my wife, no. Not on my husband, no, absolutely. But then Jesus again comes on the scene. He says, I tell you, if you've ever looked at a woman with lust, ladies, if, we, if you've ever had that thought of, oh, I just wish my husband was like so-and-so. Uh, I mean, we're, we're walking down that road, right? And she says, oh, man, I've committed adultery. He says, you're not supposed to covet uh, anything, especially your neighbor's wife, but not your neighbor's, you know, back then. Uh, call it mode of transportation. Uh, <laughs> uh, tractor even. Like, don't covet it, right? And again, we fall short. And so if we were, if we were basing this, like we want the blessing of God, uh, but we don't want to pay the price. We don't want to follow God. So we were basing it on something. And I said to you, like, well, hey, really, how good are you? And I gave you that little five-question test. You'd be like, well, I guess I'm a murdering, thieving, lying, adultering, coveting person. That's who I am. And see, that's the point. Jesus is saying to these people, like, hey, listen, there's only one way to get this eternal life stuff you guys want. There's only one way to get the true manna, and it's me. You've got to swallow this fact that you, he says, you don't have any life in yourselves. You don't. You, you don't have what it takes, y'all. Jesus is like, like you don't. And, and, and he said, you, you need me. Does, does this offend you? Does this offend you? And, and the point he's trying to make, of course, is that we need something. Now, uh, Jews would have understand what they needed. We, we struggle a little bit. We're Gentiles. We kind of live this side of the cross. Uh, Jews would have understand what they need because they've just now seen their sin is they need some kind of great sin offering. Maybe something like God had promised uh, since the beginning of time that he would send one that would crush the head of the serpent. Maybe that they would need a Messiah. And, and of course, that's what Peter says Jesus is. He says in 1 Peter 1, 18 through 19, uh, For you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb. And that last part is why Jesus is the only way. That's why He, he can be, only be the one, because He's the only one that was unblemished. 
right? He's the only one who, who lived a perfect life, whose body was broken for our sake, whose blood was shed so that we could be forgiven. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. And, and, and so that's why Peter uh, further writes in, in 1 Peter 2.21, he didn't commit sin, no deceit was found in his mouth. John uh, uh, echoes, you know that he was revealed so that he might take away sins, and there is no sin in him. And all the authors of the New Testament would agree, there was only one sinless sacrifice, his name was Jesus. His name was Jesus. And so listen, we all want the blessing of God, but we, we don't want to believe. The truth is that we can't have it without that belief. And finally, the last thing that we need to swallow is that no amount of work on our part can change this truth. No amount of work on our part can change this truth, right? Uh, John 6, 28. Um, they, they say, what can we do to perform the works of God? Jesus is like, hey, the true man, okay, what, what, what can we do to perform that? What can we do to earn that? And uh, Jesus' response is, this is the work of God, that you believe in the one that he has sent. You believe in the one that he has sent. So here's, here's the essence of what Jesus has laid out, and then he's going to say, does this offend you? Ready? He's told them that they're grave sinners. Okay? Love you, love you, love you. That's us, y'all. We are grave sinners. You are a grave sinner. It's step one. Okay, step two, it gets worse. There's nothing you can do to clean yourself. Nothing. At all. Alright? I have, I have a lot of children. A lot. Um, many of them are, are, are bigger than me now. And uh, they smell at least as bad as me. I'm going to go worse. Um, and something happens in our house. I don't know what it is. Like the laundry will just stay in a place. And then, have you ever washed your children? Like all my, all my boys, are at, they all play sports, right? And so some of the stuff that comes home, y'all, I, I don't even know. I, I mean, we've washed it. It's still, you know? I mean, Jens knows what I'm talking about. Something about the locker. Like we've washed. I, I don't, like I've done, listen, y'all, we have some socks in our house that have been through the washer multiple times, and I swear they stand up on their own. They, they are like, you, you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they're crusty, and, and, and like, I don't know, I don't even know what happens in that foot that would make a sock uh, hard. I don't understand the chemistry of that. But no matter how hard we've tried to make it clean, it sure appears like it's not. Guys, I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm not trying to burst your bubble, but some of you have put a lot of effort into trying to make yourself clean. But the truth is, in God's eyes, you're just like that crusty sock. It may have gone through the wash, but it ain't what it used to be. You follow me? There is no way that we can undo the sin that we've committed. It just can't be undone. We need something new. We need something new. And that's what Jesus is saying, man. You, you need something new, which is the last part. Is he says, and that something new is me. I'm the only one that can help. And then Jesus drops the bomb in verse 61. Does this offend you? Now listen, some of you, I uh, hear my voice this morning, it does offend you. That offends you. It offends you because I've just said that you're messed up. I've said that you can't fix it. And you spent your whole life trying. You feel like you're pretty good at it. Right? You're really good at applying spiritual makeup so that nobody sees. Okay? And, and, uh, and, and you don't want to believe that Jesus is the only one that can help you. And so that offends you. And here's how you're going to respond to this message. You're probably going to respond to this message just like the crowds did of Jesus' day. They left Him. They left. And you're going to walk in here saying, man, I can't believe that guy up there told me that. 
I can't believe that. That's just religion. And I don't, I don't want religion in my life. No, let me tell you, what you're doing is religion. What you're reject, what you say, you're, what you say, you're actually rejecting the opposite of what you're doing. Because what you're doing is religion. You're trying to clean yourself up. That's what religion does. Religion is all about the exterior, y'all. And so if you're here and you're like, I don't want to believe that Jesus is the only way. I'm just going to do it on my own. I'm going to... No, then you're actually the religious one, not the folks in here saying we're messed up and we need a Savior. You're the religious one. So if you're, you're mad at religion, go look in the mirror and be mad at yourself as you leave angry. Okay? And Jesus will be okay with that, by the way. Uh, by the way, th- this, is, this is the most, uh, like, like, backwards. If you're trying to create a movement, you don't say these things. You know what I'm saying? I mean, G- this is the most popular point in His ministry. People have flocked to Him. And you think at this point, He says, Oh, I love you. Right? In His best Joel Osteen voice. <laughs> I, just want, I just want God's best for your life. Right? That's, I mean, G- that's what you think Jesus says right there. Just right there. I just want God's best for your life. I just think you need to think some positivity. Uh, and you would be fine. But Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus says, listen, you want to follow me? Brother, you better count the cost. Because you want to follow me? Here's what it takes. I'm the only answer. And you've got to choke that down. You will never be able to fix yourself for God. And you better choke that down. And if you're going to follow me, here's what it's going to cost you. Ready? Everything. And you better choke that down. I will give you everything. I will give you the greatest blessing of God. I will give you life eternal. But it's going to be an exchange. It's going to cost you everything. It may cost you your life. And friends, the early church had poles run through them. They were made into human torches. You parents, as we dedicated children, they would take those parents and children and tie them up and do mass drownings as they push 50 to 100 people off of bridges and watch them sink together. They poured uh, tar and pitch on people and lit them on fire while they were still alive. They crucified them, sometimes upside down. And Jesus said, I'm telling you, if you want to follow me, here's the cost. It's going to cost you everything. Now today, for many of us, it's not the extreme. But I want to be honest for you, I think sometimes it's the death by inches that's harder. See, because you live in this nation called America where everybody seems to have enough or more than enough. And you want a bigger house, and you want a nicer car, and you want, and you want, and you want. And the gospel continually says, no, die to that for the sake of the kingdom. And every day you have to make this choice that you have to die to that. And to that, Jesus says this, does that offend you? And you get to decide, yes or no. Some of you here, um, you're going to hear my voice and you're going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm great. I'm deeply offended that I'm a sinner and there's only one way to heaven. And I just can't believe that. I can't believe that God, I, I just believe that God is loving and that, that I, I, I want the Joel Osteen stuff. Okay? But God is also holy and He's just. That's who He is. And that, by the way, that's part of what we hang on to when people do us wrong is we, we believe that there's going to be a just God that makes it right. You can't pick and choose can't pick and choose so to that Jesus says does this offend you and uh, so I think there's only a few ways we can respond to this text okay I'll put them up on the screen for you number one uh, I think this text calls us to admit our sin we need to admit that we're sinners right we are Uh, you guys failed the test with me amen all five right anybody only fail four anybody only fail two God bless you come up let's switch switch nope all five yep that's that's not like like we don't have cards that say that do we like, we all exchange our business card. Hey, Jason Huddleston, I'm a murdering, lying, coveting son of a gun. Uh, 
How about you? Same club. No. So we start here. We have to admit. Okay, second, we need to believe. We need to believe uh, that Jesus died to save us. You have to believe that Jesus is the bread of life. I mean, he promises eternity. He says, like, listen, you can have the great... Like, we want the blessing of God. Most people want to go to heaven. Jesus is like, you can. But you've got to believe in me. You've got to believe in me. Which is kind of the last part. Is then you have to commit. You have to commit your life to following Jesus. Jesus says you don't build a tower without first counting the cost. And here's what it's going to cost you, y'all. Ready? It's going to cost you your hopes and your dreams. It is. It's going to cost you finances. It's going to cost you relationships. Jesus said that too. Some people are going to be so offended that you declare that Jesus is the only way to heaven that they're going to want nothing to do with you. And you know what? You're going to love them anyway. And they're, they're still going to hate you, but you're going to love them anyway. But that's, that's part of the cost of following Christ. Now, now listen, by the way, that's radically different from the people that are screaming on Facebook who they need to vote for. That, that's, not the, that's, not the, that's not Christianity. Uh, what Christianity is, is following Jesus, denying to self, allowing my hopes and dreams. Uh, when God whispers, says, no, I've got something else for you. I die to that so I can follow him. And it's not always easy, y'all. It's not. It's not. Because some of the things that you had planned for you are actually not God's will for you. And that's not easy to stomach. See, to swallow down, you following me? But that is what leads to life. That's what's best. Let me ask you a question. Um, do you believe God's will is best? Like the God who knows how it all fits together. You think His, his will is actually better than what you could come up with? Even when you don't get what you want? Y'all didn't shake as hard that time. <laughs> it was like, yeah, believe God's will is best, even when I don't get what I want. Yeah, I believe, uh-huh. It's like a little nod. It is. So I hope that the teaching of Jesus doesn't offend you, but I do hope that it challenges you. Because maybe you're here and you forgot what it's all about you're a believer and you kind of we need the gospel to be reminded like oh that's what it's all about maybe you're here and you've been struggling with that god why wouldn't you give me fill in the blank i prayed that my child would be safe and he's on crutches happens that's what football does god's god's like dude you're the one that signed him up bro like like i get you lord i got you i think it happens it's the big stuff you got to focus all right so uh, here's what we're going to do um, I want to I make an offer, and then we're going we're gonna to do this. Um, one, I'm going to say this. If you're here today, and you hear these words, and it just offends you, offends you, offends you, uh, I, I love you, and uh, I, you know, I'd love to give you a hug and tell you how glad I am that you're here, and maybe you're super offended at what the pastor said. That's cool. Come back next week. I, I'll do it again, I promise. Um, uh, hopefully in a different light, totally, but, but listen, I, I just believe that it is, it, is, it is something that you need to hear. We need to hear the gospel. Um, but maybe you're here and you've never, you've never put your, your faith and trust in Jesus. In Sunday school, we talked about John's disciples, uh, how 12 of John's disciples um, were, were there and, and, and they, they had never been baptized in the name of Jesus. They, never, they, they didn't know the Holy Spirit. They never believed really in Jesus. They had some kind of like outside, they looked like they were part of the church, but they'd never actually been baptized in the name of Jesus. They never understood they had to believe in Jesus to receive the Holy Spirit, Right? And, and listen, it's okay. You can be in church and not know that you need Jesus. And maybe that's you. And, and I, I just, I'm going to pray in a second. And, and today, if today would be the day that you realize, you know what, I am a sinner. 
and I really do need uh, to believe in Jesus, and, and I'm going to give my life to him. And I pray today would be that day. And then, we'll, man, if that, happen, if that happens for you, you let me know at the end of service. We'll, we'll, we'll baptize you next week, week after, whatever. We'll, we'll knock it out, all right? Let's pray together. Father, um, thank you for the, your word. Thank you for the ability to gather. Um, pray that if there's anyone here that does not know you, that today would be that day, Lord. Today would be that day, God. Um, we love you. Um, we thank you for your word, even the tough parts, Lord. Um, bless our time. And uh, it's in your name we pray. Amen.